That's way better. No, you guys should be proud of that. All I want to stay the hell away from Mr. Unlimited. Liver King has you thinking the wrong way. Why couldn't we sign him? Price Berenger, I would, I would draft him in the first round. Especially if you start talking about Bill Belichick, man. I say his name and he turns beat red. Beat yeah. Red. He's he's not a, not a big Bill guy. He wants him gone. Or he did. He he's he 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 did. And he's he's kind of like like you, Andrew. They uh, just right back down to earth a little bit, saying, uh, "I want him gone." But if he stays, I'm not going to be that mad. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I definitely understand it in the middle of the season when we were just we looked like a Pop Warner team, like nothing was going right at all. But in the last, like, I, I would go back to say like six, seven weeks, we defense has been very capable looking and just n- nobody really can fix anything going on on offense. Yeah. So. I don't know if the stats would show it, but we, I, I, I just get the feeling that with all of the chaos going on this season that we still have like a, like a top half of a top 10 defense on this, at least in, in the hands of Bill Belichick, we do. I mean, um, how how many teams have actually like held a te- held the opponents to what was it like twenty six points in three straight games? Like, yeah, that, oh my god, that was the period of time I think where everybody was just like, get this guy out of here. Like, and it all culminated in that horrendous Mac Jones interception in Germany. Like, yeah, that was that was where I was like, the whole this- world got to see that one. I was like, this dude better never play another snap for this team. I am so, I I was so, I was one of the people like screaming at my TV. Like I, I gotta be careful not to swear around my kids, but like I almost dropped a few (laughs) F-bobs in front of my three-year-old. And I was like, that would have been horrible. That would have been horrible if he's sitting up there screaming at the TV, dropping F-bombs at me. But uh, there was a a time where me and Andrew kept reposting like NFL Germany clips because it was just like the announcers commentating in German. German, we thought was pretty funny. (laughs) And there was one where it was that play, and they were like, Hunter, what's up? Oh, oh, Mac Jones. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of the worst football plays I've ever seen in my entire life. Dude, he was the guy was, was it Gasicki? It was Gasicki, right? Wide open, wide open in the end zone, and he underthrew him by 10 yards. No, Helen Keller could have made that throw. It was so bad. (laughs) But That, that was the point that it was like, okay. It might be done, and they followed up those performances with the Giants' loss and then the Chargers' loss, and it's like, okay, it's not getting any better. Like, get this guy out of here. Why? We, why is he still here? And I was, yeah. I was sitting there beating the drum. You can't do that. Legacy means something. He's got it. He's at least afforded the end of the season. You got to give it to him. He's earned it. After that, you can debate it. You can argue it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here we are now. We're oh, here we are. The end of the season. Thank God. I can get my Sundays no back. Way. I get yeah. my Sundays back a little bit. <laughs> it's been a long season. We uh, we got one more game left. But before we enter that last game, listeners of the Dropback Podcast, we'd like to welcome our second guest all time, Berg. Welcome, Berg, of Primetime Productions. Here we are. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate you uh, you bringing me on. in here. Got my uh, – I'm – I'm a host of Breaking the Plane on uh, Prime Time, so check that out. We talk about the entire NFL on that. It's nice to come on and just you know bitch and complain about the Patriots here. So 
we usually end up spiraling our episodes into a 45 minute Patriots bitch fest. And it usually, it doesn't do us any good because we end up talking for two hours and it's like, we want to get all our content in and we can't do it because we're, we're so angry and get, get so riled up about the Patriots. And it's, it's nice to actually not have to worry about talking about the chiefs or the, I mean, there's a lot to be angry about. I think you can vent here and your next podcast can be all about Patrick Mahomes and whether or not he uh, has a resemblance to Kermit the frog or, if I'd rather not, I'd rather not talk about the Chiefs like or the that. Bills anymore after you know talking with you guys today. <laughs> yeah, well, this is a safe space to get out your Patriots frustrations. Lord knows we've been doing it for what fifteen weeks at this point. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. Like the highlight of our takes are probably just like super stressed out about the wide receiver group and mm-hmm. you know the losing and is Belichick going to be here? So it'll be good, uh, some good discussion topics. Yeah. We all, we all picked a heck of a season to start a podcast, huh? Couldn't have done this like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah my, so my brother started his Bruins podcast last year, best season of all time. We start, we all start Patriots podcast. God, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> we're they did, they did not align. Stars did not align. No. Unfortunately. I'll be honest. Say, I was just going to say, I'll be honest, I'm happy I, I, I started it this year because it's allowed me to get a lot of my venting done here as opposed to yeah. doing it around my house. So it's a lot better to have this medium to get it out. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, it's it's good, too, because, you know, like I feel like everybody if everybody's mad, it's easy to be on the same page. You know, we don't have part. to say wild takes like Felgren Maz used to do when we were winning Super Bowls every year. We can just be like, this sucks. Everybody knows mm-hmm. it sucks. We're in it together. Let's go. Um, yeah. But now all we got to yeah. do is agree on the best way out. Yeah. Which, which some people would say is getting rid of Belichick. Some people would say staying it's with him. Losing against the Jets, which to me, that sounds so sinful. As much as I want the third pick of the draft, I do not want to lose against the Jets. We haven't, we haven't we've lost the Jets in six seasons, is it? it it's it's at least over five years. It's a long time. I want to say it was 2015. I was going to say 2015. I, I want to say yeah. it was 2015. Because I remember Brandon Marshall beating us. Yeah. Like, 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 like I want, was... we need a quarterback. I want Caleb Williams, and he probably won't be there at seven. But wouldn't December... it be so nice to just beat the Jets for another year? Yeah, like, <laughs> what's I, what's I the date, Berg, on that? December 27th, 2015. Wow. It's been not, almost nine years, well, eight years, just over eight years. I was in middle school the last oh time God. we lost to the Jets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I was out of college for four years at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so preferably, you know, if in a perfect scenario, we would lose – or no, sorry. Jeez. What? Anti-tank here. Very anti-tank. <laughs> in a perfect scenario, we would win and maintain the pick that we have, but that's just not the reality else that win. we're living in. Um, I I, I would want ball, to win. Like the yeah. bottom 10 draft picks just won in the exact same week and nothing was changed. That would be pretty – I'd be a fan. That would be a fan. But, I, yeah, I, I think there are pros and cons to both – scenarios i think winning and losing um obviously if you lose you get a higher draft pick you have the opportunity to draft one of the premier guys like either the quarterbacks or marvin harrison jr but you also you lose to the jets and that's 
that's unacceptable. That can't happen. The Jets are the Jets. The Jets are always going to be the Jets. I I I couldn't accept Belichick being fired if his last game coaching for the Patriots is a loss against the Jets. I can't. Yeah. I can't stomach that after the twenty what four years now, twenty three years now he's been here. I can't stomach yeah. it, dude. Like yeah. just we I, re- I remember uh, when they for traded for for a first round pick, right, to the Jets. Yeah, well, they forced him to. Belichick didn't yeah. want to coach there, and he came here and he signed here, and then the league stepped in and said, "No, you tampered. You got to give him something." And so they gave him a first round pick. That's what happened. I remember the press conference. That's that's how old I am. I remember the press conference. <laughs> I, I, he was there for one day, correct? At, at the Jets, yeah. he was there for one day, and he left. And he wrote he wrote his resignation, his speech at the, for that press conference on a napkin. I resign <laughs> as HC of NYJ, and that's all he wrote. <laughs> oh, that's so sick. What a, that would be horrible if after 20 years of dominating that team that you left, your final loss would be against them. That that would uh, put a little sting on the Belichick yeah. storyline. Have you guys watched the uh, Have you guys watched the Two Bills documentary, uh, the ESPN thing about Oh Parth- with Parcells? If you I've guys seen, haven't seen it, seen it, watch it because it's really interesting and they give a lot of insight into it. Like it was one point at the end of that thing where. Parcell, they were at MetLife, I think it was, and Parcells and Belichick, they were going to the Jets locker room, and they're like, I ain't going in there. No way. We ain't going in there. Neither one of them wanted to go even go even see the Jets locker room. They were there for the Giants because they both coached with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Stay the hell away from the Jets locker room. They, they hate that team. They, <laughs> Belichick hates yeah. that franchise. So I can't stomach it. Part of the reason why I think he's coming back no matter what, because I think that the, the mood right now would be completely different, and I'm 100% on board with that. I'd like to see some changes personnel wise. Yeah. And off, keep him away from the offense, but have him all over that defense with his kid because that defense, even in the years post Brady when they've sucked, they have not been good. The defense has been consistent and this almost the same, if not improved in those four years versus obviously we know what has happened with the offense. We don't. Yeah. We don't I think, yeah. The, like you said, the defenses like consistently have been amazing. I, I mean, you have the exceptions like the, First half of uh, the boogeyman defense that year was unreal. Mm-hmm. The re- when we had Revis and Brandon Browner the year we won the Super Bowl, that defense was sick. But I think on a, on a consistent basis, like you were saying, this defense, and I don't know if it's because our offense has been so starkly terrible compared to the defense, but it feels like it's been incredible the last however many years post Brady. And yeah, I, I don't think you can really. There, there are certainly ways to justify getting rid of him, but it, it would leave me feeling gross if we did that. You know, yeah, I, I would feel good about two outcomes. One outcome is more favorable, favorable than the other one, but the other one's fun in its own way. Um, first outcome, we keep Belichick and we draft a quarterback. Sounds easy enough. Give, give the rebuild to Belichick. You know, he he. Um, it, it didn't work out with Mac, but you know, now you have a quarterback who's at the top of the draft class, you know, we give him, give him another chance to sort of rebuild the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. My other idea is say, if we were to get rid of Belichick, then we're sort of just cementing ourselves into a rebuilding franchise for probably at least a few more years. Cause you, you gotta give the, I like you, it, it's tough to expect a, a fresh head coach, uh, to come in onto a team. And them to do well unless they're already stacked with talent. So maybe 
in that scenario, if we luck out and we're able to get Marvin Harrison, and then we can sign um, Russell Wilson for a premium, that would probably mm, be a yeah. disgusting mm. experiment. But he's played well this season in Denver. And, you know, this would sort of just give us a couple years to just we, – we have so many holes in this team. And, you know, get for, get get rich quick schemes don't really work in the NFL. Um, it hasn't worked for the the bad geez, the Browns trying to trade all that for um, Deshaun and the Seattle Seahawks, uh, not Seahawks, Denver doing it for uh, Russell Wilson. So if we could just get like a cheap, maybe good quarterback for a couple of years, rebuild some other parts of the team, and actually get like a like a top weapon again, you know, like we we need. There's too many been too many people complaining about us having no weapons in this team, and just time to just have something that's going to bring people to the game, make the tailgates more fun again at Gillette because they're, <laughs> they're getting pretty lousy. Yeah. I will say um, first, before I, I get into that, I feel like it should be a law that the junior has to be included because you can't just call him Marvin Harrison. That'd be crazy. Oh, That'd I, be thought like meant, if, I thought you meant Steve Belichick for a second. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going with it. Too. <laughs> You gotta get rid of both of them if you're gonna get rid of one. You <laughs> gotta purge the whole family from, from <laughs> cleaning the house. Um, but I think uh, I, I Russ had a, a statistically a better year than he had his first year in Denver. But like you said, like the get rich quick scheme doesn't generally work all that well. I will say the Browns just despite the whole Deshaun debacle. They they've done way better without him. He is like a oh, yeah. human being, but their team is like doing very well. I wish I could root for the Browns because I like everyone else except for him. But like I can't I don't know. I feel weird cheering for an organization that would like sign a guy like that. Um what about an elite what about an organization that signs elite talent like Joe Flacco? Like Joe Flacco oh, yes. that kind of organization. <laughs> yeah. That's such a fun story. I hate I hated Joe Flacco when he was with the Ravens. Like I thought he was the most like overrated like quarterback ever. Like yeah, he had a, a one really good postseason where he took them to the and mm-hmm. won the Super Bowl. But it's hard not to root for him right now because of the story. Like he's on his couch watching football with his kids, and now he's yeah. out slinging three, four touchdowns a game, getting ready to carry the Browns hot into the playoffs. Like that's an unbelievable story. So I could root for the Browns because of that. Mm-hmm. In spite of Deshaun Watson, because yeah, that guy's a scumbag. Like, did you know he's thrown for over 300 yards in four straight weeks? Why couldn't we sign him? Why couldn't the Patriots <laughs> sign him? I mean, who would have thought? If we signed Joe Flacco, I would have been like, what, what, what the hell are we doing here? What, what, why would we do that? <laughs> exactly. Like, it's just, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And you see that happen and you see what the Patriots have been dealing with. But I, I, I want to stay the hell away from Mr. Unlimited. I want no part of that. <laughs> like you hear stories about like the, the the teammate from teammates from him in his later years in Seattle and even in Denver, yeah. where he seems like he's just a horrible like culture guy. And like if you're trying to if you if you're trying to bring somebody into mold into Bill's culture and he's gonna buy in and he's gonna take the cheese and not do it, fine. You know it's been proven to work in the past with guys like Randy Moss. You you know it's worked. But if you're cleaning house and you're trying to start over fresh with a new coach. I want to stay way away from that. Like I w- I'd rather a rookie come in or sign somebody like Baker or 
Jimmy, I'd even take Jimmy Garoppolo back for crying out loud. I know the guy gets hurt all the time, but like when he plays, he's effective. And mm-hmm. uh, even Kirk Cousins coming off the injury could could be a cheap signing. So get, I give you all those guys before before I even think about bringing Mr. Unlimited back here because I, yeah. I just can't. I, I'd have a real hard time rooting for the team if he's on it. And I always will root for the Patriots. You guys don't remember it, but like I remember like I was a little kid in like the mid 90s, like when they were starting to get kind of good again before they, you know, obviously went on the run with Brady. I remember Brady's first year and everybody being split on if they should even continue to play him. Bledsoe versus Brady was the big debate. I was about, I was a 13 year old kid at that point. I was all in on freaking Tom Brady. I had his poster in my room. I was one of those like super fans. But if you're gonna, if you're gonna clean house, don't bring a guy like that in because that's how your culture can get away from you at the start. Like yeah. you're better off bringing in just a trusty guy, even a, even a backup kind of guy like a Jacoby Brissett or even like a Carson Wentz. Even bringing somebody in like that mm. would be better than. Unlimited. unlimited. I can't do it. Can't do it. Potential. Can't do it. <laughs> I think I think that's a good point. Um, I, I but I guess my my main essence of um how I'm how I'm thinking about it is if a new coach comes in here, I I don't like the idea of them drafting a quarterback right away because I feel like they're not even like settled on who this team is, and now they're trying to like take ownership of this organization, build chemistry with this team and also mold this young quarterback and have him be successful. And I feel like that's too much going on at a franchise for it to just work. I feel mm-hmm. like there's too many major challenges to overcome for that to just happen in one season. So Mr. Unlimited might not have unlimited potential with us, but <laughs> I do like the idea of signing Kirk. That 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 uh, it is, It's intriguing, even if it might not be like the best experiment for us. I like the Baker idea personally, but the thing is, I don't think I think the Bucks resign him personally. I think he's I think they franchise wrong. him. They might franchise him. That yeah, him. they I, that might be better. Although I don't know what the like, it might be financially more responsible to sign him to like a two three year deal. Sure, yeah. Um, but he's done really good things with that with that team, like unexpectedly good results. I think considering where they started, I think they were one in five to start the year. And they went on a really good run. I think mm-hmm. I don't know if they've officially locked in the playoffs yet, but no, um, I think they're uh, they think they got a. I think they're playing the Saints this week. If I'm not mistaken, are they winning? Winning their in? I think this. It, oh, they're not playing the Saints. They're playing the. Yeah, they, they lost the Saints last week. They're playing the. Pretty yeah. unfortunate. That was one of my one my bosses is a Saints fan, and I was going to message him and talk some shit about the Saints. They're they're playing the. Um, the Panthers, the Saints got to play the Falcons. And I don't know if it's winning their end. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's winning their end, but I, again, I don't know what the tiebreaker would be between them and the Saints. If it's division records tied, then I think it goes to conference and they'd have that if they win. But the, the Saints are playing the Falcons. The Bucks are playing the Panthers. I think that the Bucks have an easier matchup there for sure. No, definitely, yeah, definitely so. do. Uh, but I like the idea too of Jacoby Brissett coming back in. I mean, anything, and I mean almost anything, would be better than having to watch Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi attempt pass as a starter in New England. It's 
gotten to the point. And Zappy has like fun little moments every now and again. Like he had that that scramble for a touchdown, and he's much more mobile in the pocket than Mac. Like Mac in the beginning and middle of this season just looked scared. Whenever there was a rush coming, he would just give up. Zappy at least moves around and tries to buy time. But it those those three interceptions that he threw felt like they happened immediately. Like every time he touched the ball, it felt like he was giving it away. First pass of the game. Yeah. <laughs> right after yeah, they were up seven, I think they were up seven nothing and on the kick return. And then the defense held and bam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here we go again. Like Zappy. even last week when he fumbled the first play of the game, it's like it's like there's always something, you know? He's he's done enough, I think, that he's proven he can play at least at a backup level in the league. But if you're the Patriots and you're drafting a kid, there's no way you want to have that kind of guy sitting behind him. You just no. don't. You don't want that 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 thought creeping in the back of a kid's head that hey, this guy's trying to take my job. Where if you sign somebody again, like a Jacoby Brissett, I think I've seen his name thrown around. I loved him when he was here for that for those few years that he was here, and then when he got traded out. He'd be the perfect guy, like just a guy that knows his role, isn't trying to take the job, mentoring the kid. That's what you need if you're going to draft the quarterback. I'm not. I'm not in the camp of wanting a quarterback if they have a top three pick. I want Harrison Jr. That's that's who I want. Or I'd rather them trade back a few spots if if somebody else wants to get up from seven or eight to get in there. I'm these top quarterbacks. We talk about them now, and they're like these prize stud possessions, like. We don't know if they're going to pan out or not. I mean, you look at somebody like Mitchell Trubisky, who's a second overall pick, awful. Zach Wilson, second overall pick, awful. You get you, you hit it, I think, at less than a 50% on these like top picks that are quarterbacks. Like You just don't know what you're going to get. It's, it's a, it's a crapshoot. And I'm, I know some, some prospects are more of a hit than others. Like Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to be an effective player in this league. He's had his ups and downs his, you know, through his rookie contract, but I think he's got the talent and the ability to get to that next level. It's just taking him some time. You have guys like Trey Lance, the third overall pick, bust. Hmm. So, Mac Jones, he's another one. <laughs> you know, you I get, will say, I guys think like Russell Wilson in the second round, like he yeah. won a Super Bowl. So, not to you know praise him, but like early in his career, like that was a great draft pick. That's when he was cooking. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, I yeah, will why say, do you, why do you switch his nickname to like? I don't know. He, he had like a Russ is cooking. That was like a, a thing for a while. Well, that was just something the internet made. Mr. Unlimited yeah. is something that he made. That's what I'm getting at. Like, if, if that's worse. what people named you as a, as like a nickname or like a saying to go along with who you are. Why are you switching that to a Mr. Unlimited? Like, especially going on with that video that he made. That so was crazy. So lame. It was so weird. Mm. Broncos country. Let's ride. Would have been cool if they were good, but it, no. It, it, I think it. I think it reached like the perfect audience where it was just it got memed to death, and it, it, people made fun of it so much that it actually became kind of mainstream. So yeah, I that was kind of funny. But to what Berg was saying about the quarterbacks, I think, especially considering what happened uh, over the weekend in the college football playoff, if you can land a guy like Michael Penix in the second round. I don't know if he'll last to the second round after what he just did, but let's say we have the third pick and 
we trade that back to a later first, or we draft Marvin Harrison Jr. If we have the third pick in the second round, taking a shot on a guy like that would be awesome. I would love that. And you sign, you sign again. You sign somebody like Kirk Cousins to come in and let a second round quarterback sit for a little bit, and then see what happens. I think we can all agree that the, I mean the team the, with the defense, the team is not that far from being back into like a playoff spot contention. I mean, if the offense was at least mediocre this year, they're right in the the eight spot fighting for an yeah. eight spot right now. Yeah. Like if they win those one score games, like yeah. Me and Andrew have had uh, heated discussions this year on if we kept Nick Folk, we'd probably have three or four more wins. He's uh, Chad Ryland is the worst. He is the oh my god! When he hit that upright, <laughs> I was laughing. I thought my I thought like my furnace exploded. It was so loud. Dude, when he made that kick in Denver, I was like, I was laughing hysterically. I'm like, I can't believe he just made that kick. <laughs> I was, it was hysterically like, laughing. So good. It was too good to be true. And like we were, we were watching the game uh, over the the weekend. We were in the, we were like skiing, so it was like on, and everybody was like drinking, having fun. And then we, we like looked up, and he, it was like a forty yard field goal. And I was like, oh, there's no chance he makes this. And it was just so far to the left. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, he's terrible. And to spend a fourth round pick on a kicker when you have a good kicker already is. Like that's a position where you can have an old guy and it doesn't really even matter. It's just it's I don't know why. It's also a position where I think you can just if if you have a bad kicker, you can panic for like two weeks and have a horrible kicker and then just randomly find a good guy and be be content, you know? I mean look at some of the rookie kickers that are out there now. I think he's a stud. Brandon Aubrey. Stud. Rookie kicker. Wasn't drafted. I think Jake Moody's another one. Wasn't drafted. Effective kicker. Like, yeah, he's. I, I couldn't believe. It. I, I I felt for him, and I and I I, I did like kind of like em- have empathy for him after you know hearing him talk after that making that Denver kick. I was like, maybe this is the type of kick that's gonna kind of jumpstart him and get it get his confidence back a little bit. Nope. <laughs> nope. nope. Not even in all. even in the Bills game when they took the delay of game and he kicked it late, and he still missed it. He still missed it. Thank God. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't believe they were going to kick that. I was like, thank God there was a penalty there. I'm like, you can't kick this with him. You can't do it. You can't. I'm I'm not in the camp that like kicking is easy, but you have like, one they job. Are, there are definitely better people at, at it than what he yeah. is doing. You know, Just call Sebastian Janikowski. See what he's doing. I don't know. Get someone. He was a first round pick. Yeah, I actually watched a video. It's like a 30 minute long video about like the history of drafted kickers like two days ago. It's pretty That's good. insane to me drafting a kicker in the first round. Like, like in my mind, for me to ever consider drafting a kicker in the first round, they got to have like be consistent at like seven, like 60 yard field goals, 70 yard field goals, you know? Seven, that's never happened before. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm thinking. You know, <laughs> you got to be able to break the. Well, here's a question. Body. If. If Justin Tucker was available in this draft, like knowing how good he's going to be, would you draft him in the first round? No, uh, not not with the state of the Patriots right now. But if like I had a decent team, absolutely, I'd slam that. Yeah, he's just automatic. I don't. I feel like that kid, like especially with the holes and the. the, the I don't mean game. like I don't mean yeah. specifically as the Patriots. Bryce Berenger, I would I would draft him in the first round, but I not not not. <laughs> he's Justin good. Tucker. He is good. He's a good punter. 
Yeah, he's so, out there all the time. He's he's. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he gets a lot of practice, I guess. The, um, the the Raiders that year they took Janikowski. They drafted a punter too, and they drafted one of the best punters, like one, of, one of the best, Shane Leckler. Yep. Yeah, he was a dog. They they, they, they have remember uh, Marquette King. Yep. He was good. Oh, he, he was, was good. Fun. Yeah, I think they, he was in the X. I think he went to the XFL. He did. Yeah, he yeah. was like still fun there. And then I I don't. That's it's too bad because he was like when he was just like taking snaps and like running because he was so athletic and he was just like juking people out. Oh, what a guy. Um, but Roberto Aguayo was the last kicker I remember getting drafted super high. I second round second, pick. Second rounder, yeah, out of Florida State. He sucked. Oh, he was so bad. That that's would sting way worse than Ryland. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see we'll see what what he looks like because you know I I, I have a hard time thinking they're gonna like just outright cut him because they spent a fourth round pick on him. But I don't know. I mean, you never know. You never know. I think um, uh, he, well, I I was gonna say a statistic here. I thought I heard, but it's wrong. Hey, I was trying to make Ryan look out like. Maybe there's an outlook for him, but no. no. <laughs> Can we hear the statistic just hypothetically if it were true? Yeah, so uh, a pretty darn good kicker for the Patriots in their history was <laughs> I was had a kind of a subpar, we'll call it rookie season. I mean, he missed eight kicks. Ryland's mm-hmm. missed a good amount of them. You know who that kicker was? Adam Vinatieri. Mm-hmm. Wow. He was... Uh, 27 of 35. He missed eight kicks. But when was when was his? I knew he, I know he was around uh, with Bledsoe. When was his rookie year? It was 1996. Okay, because I remember he chased down Herschel Walker on a on a return. I remember that. I saw the the clip. Oh, holy shit! In the Herschel Walker stat. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, everybody listening at home, you know what that means. It's time for this week's edition of The Shotgun. Now, do you guys shotgun in the 60 seconds? Does that count towards the 60 seconds? Yes, it does. Now, I do have – I have something to admit. I I have not been telling the whole truth. I don't have any cans at my house, so I'm just going to (laughs) have to chug this bottle of Blue Moon. Uh, Oh, you want me to time it? You want me to time it? Yeah. Well, you so, can... yeah, what, what usually goes on, how we do this, is uh, you will ask the question, and then as soon as you finish asking the question, you'll start the timer, and then we'll have 60 seconds from that spot to both finish our drinks and answer the question as completely as we can. So you guys are both going to answer to get to the – to the 10, right? Is that how yes. this is going to work? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me just, I'm going to wet my wig. First time in the, the history of the drop back, have we both um, done this at the same time? Yeah, Andrew, this is really going to, we're going to have to showcase our teamwork right here. Oh, yeah. It's co host. I, 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 hope, I, I hope this is going to be a challenging one. We'll see. <laughs> well, we've only had two successful shotguns out of. Yeah, we really probably we really don't go easy on each other. We <laughs> pretty tough. I'm probably going a little easy on you guys then. So we'll see. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll All right. I'm ready. You ready, Andrew? Ready I'm to ready. go? All right. Uh, yeah. Count down when you're ready. You want the question first before I start the timer? Yes. Okay. Yes. So there are ten players that played for the Patriots. 
that participated in the 2001 Super Bowl against the Rams and the 1996 loss against the Packers. Who are they? Go. I'm thoroughly enjoying watching you try to chug a blue moon. <laughs> All right. We got, uh, <coughs> we got, sorry. We got Adam Vinatieri, uh, Drew Bloodsell. Um, this is where we run into a little bit. Uh, three. Uh, uh, Ronnie no, Harrison. Uh, ben Coates. Was he on the team still? Nope. Um, fuck. You got three of them so far. Um, oh my god. Uh, 15 seconds. Christ, we're not gonna get it. Jesus, H. Let's get five. <laughs> we get five. Ugh. I think our age is showing here. That was that was the whole point. <laughs> uh, uh, McGinnis. Yep. So you got four. That's time. That's a minute. Shit. You Sheep. got four of them. You got four of them. You missed some big, some pretty big ones. Yeah. Uh, you got Bledsoe. Teddy Bruschi. I was thinking Bruschi oh at the God. end, but I, I didn't know if he played in 96. Troy Brown. Jesus, H. Oh Terry Glenn, rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. Ted Johnson. I would not have gotten Ted Johnson. I've never even heard of Ted Johnson. He's, you listen to 98.5? <laughs> He's not, he's I honestly don't. I, I don't like the sports. <laughs> I do though. all the time. I just honestly, I'm I am the like I'm not a I don't know. I'm like a dumb listener to the radio listener to the radio because I oh listen to like ninety three point seven and ninety eight point five all the time. I don't know a single person's name. Are you gonna say Jermaine Wiggins? Has their voices no. all the time. Says so Curtis. I only know who Curtis is. I don't know which <laughs> station he's on, but I only know his name. Yeah, he's Curtis. on EI. Yeah, just because it's always like, all right, Curtis, what are you talking? Like, he's just said some like bullshit a lot of the time. I don't know. You got Ty Law, Lawyer Malloy. Oh, I thought he was. I was gonna say Lawyer Malloy, and I thought That's he was cool name. Lawyer. You got Malloy. you got Will. You got Willie McGinnis, Otis Smith. Never would have gotten Otis Smith, yeah. and Adam Vinatieri. Okay, so there there were a few more that we should have gotten, but we we didn't. You yeah, should have got Brewski. You should have got Troy Brown, and you should have got Lawyer Malloy. So yeah, you definitely should have got those ones. I thought I thought I was going to trip you up on just one. I thought it was going to be Otis Smith. I that's I was giving you guys a little bit of credit there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I don't. Yeah, I should have said I should have said Brewski. I was thinking about him, but I was like ninety six. I don't know because I I didn't want to like say a guy who like started playing and like the early-ish 2000s that, like, wouldn't have been – like, I don't know. I should I should have just went for it. I think – credit to Teddy Bruschi, he looked young, like, his whole career, I think. When was his rookie year? Like, 96 was his rookie year. 2010? Eight. Eddie Bruschi? He had a well, stroke shortly after. He had the after, stroke, but then he came yeah. back. I think he only came back for one more year, though, after he had the stroke. Um, That's fair. That is fair, uh, yeah, I think. <laughs> Did he come back this – did he even miss a year? I don't know if he missed a year. He missed but... a year. He had I... a shortened year in 05, and that was his comeback player of the year. So I'm assuming it was between the last the 2004 and 2005 that he had it because he was he only played nine games and he was the comeback player of the year. So that makes sense. Question for you two, now that you've mentioned comeback player of the year. We've had 
Joe Flacco has had a reemergence. Uh, I mean, you've had. I mean, he's really the only other one. Do you? Is there any other candidate that you feel will win over Demar Hamlin? Baker. Baker. Yeah, that's a good point. This is like the really. This is a very <laughs> difficult question because no one has ever died on a like had a, at least that I know of like died on a football field and been like brought back to life on the football field as well and just recovered and been able to come back and play in the NFL again. He is barely played at all this season. You know that's my it, point. Yes, good point. To give someone an award yeah. for coming back who hasn't really played. So I, I saw a take by Big Cat. I think it was Big Cat. I don't know. Someone like that, some barstool presence saying that um, we should name the award after Demar Hamlin because what he overcame was like incredible for him to die on the field and survive. But actually, give it to someone who deserves it, or maybe maybe that's a bad idea altogether. Maybe we should give it to someone who deserves the award because I feel like this year the perception around it is like this guy has just been the winner from day one and no one else has even been considered, even though in recent weeks, like Flacco mania has been kind of taken over. Minshew mania works much better with. <laughs> I, I, if I'm, if you put a gun to my head right now, I'm taking Flacco just because of the, the fact that he was sitting on his couch. He was back up for so many years and now he's leading the team into the playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. For me, on the field, that's all that matters. And, yeah, I mean, I think that this award was decided right from the beginning, and it's going to be DeMar Hamlin just because of the PR around it and everything like that. Like, they're going to give it to him. And I I think that, you know, I'm not trying to take away from the situation that happened or anything like that. broke the internet, too. So him winning an award would make sense for for kind of just to give it more publicity. I just think the whole thing, after he was like – Okay, he's gonna be he's gonna be okay. Like you find out he's survived, he's awake, he's moving his legs, he's they're saying he's gonna make a full recovery. After that point, it just got so blown out of proportion, in my opinion, that it's like, okay, like the guy, the guy rightfully deserves some recognition for it, but like to the point where it was it was almost like the deflate gate whole the whole scenario with deflate gate when that whole thing happened. Like that thing got so blown out of proportion that non-sports people were talking about it and debating it and talking about it on national TV, on like CNN and Fox News, all those stations. It's the same thing. And it seems like it just got blown out of proportion for what it for what it you know it needed to be. And Did you I, see that there were there were people making conspiracy theories in the comment section of posts saying that he, was a clone. he died in the hospital and he was actually just a clone made by the NFL, just a fake person. Yeah, there was like there was. I, a, mean, I, admit, there was I mean, a I mean, you can't, prove it wrong. can't can't prove it wrong. There's a screenshot of like him in like a booth, like waving down to people, and they're like, "Why won't they show his face? Why won't they interview him?" It was like this guy was dead two days ago. Like, of <laughs> yeah. course, they're not gonna go up to him. Uh, but I think there should like Demar Hamlin is like the comeback player of the year, like just because he came back. But like Flacco or Baker is like the comeback player of the year. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a distinction there, which I I feel like a lot of fans understand that. Um, but again, like I don't think the NFL, like you were saying, Berg, I think it's it's decided already. It's it's definitely taboo to talk bad about it like if you start going off like on like twitter or something like that and you start saying oh no this is gonna they're gonna try to cancel you for something like that but yeah 
Like Stop. if Stephen yeah. A. and Colin Coward just started going crazy with the Demar Hamlin slander, that would that would uh, <laughs> people would not like that initially. Well, do you remember? Like, you know he, who? You know who would like get the worst of it? Actually, if Skip Bayless came out, and he was talking so much shit. I remember that. that I remember that. Back then. that was, yeah, he was. He was so out of pocket for that. But I mean, that was crazy. Do actually, it, I right? forgot. Like, the amount of publicity that would be generated from a Skip Bayless anti Demar Hamlin comeback player of the year—that'd be insane. <laughs> it's really why are they canceling the game there's no reason they should cancel the game <laughs> the game must go on next bad this up. is bullshit <laughs> we actually, kind of that, that game we in our fantasy league at home we had like the two guys in the championship had a bunch of players on the bills and the Bengals, and it like the game ended and so there was a big long discussion like what do we do what do we yeah do yeah this? i remember yeah i was same thing yeah i was in the same boat yeah Really unfortunate, but we worked it out, you know. Well, we, like we hopefully, you know, theory we'll have worked it out, but we actually haven't done it yet. Yeah. The idea was we were gonna have we're gonna, we we've we've crowned them co-champions because this is not like a fair way to decide it, and they were gonna take their league winnings and go to a casino and put it all on red or black on the roulette table. And then either double it or lose it all. But we, we haven't gotten to that point right. yet. And uh, but, yeah, gonna, but then one of the co-champions spent like his half of the money, <laughs> and so we, we didn't end up doing it. Yeah, but I, I'm gonna as commissioner. That is un unfair, and I will I will punish him in due time because yeah. I I saw some people doing like oh, we'll play on Madden. We'll play a Madden game between like you know you pick a team or like a random draw of two teams. You pick mm -hmm. a team and you just play play it out, play a 15 minute quarter Madden game for like an hour and a half. And that's, what's going to decide like who wins the championship. But if you add in some like extra, like fun, you know, conditions to that, like, Oh, you get scored on, take a shot or something like that. And just make it so like you got by the end of the game, like the score is like 200 to like 180 and your buddies are just sitting there hammered trying to play out, <laughs> play out a Madden game and for, for, you know, 500 bucks or whatever it is. That's a great idea. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. I'm unfortunately out of the race. I think Andrew's out of the race too for fantasy, but you know, yeah. always next year. Just like the Patriots, there's always next year. Um, and I know there were a lot of bad things that happened in the game. There were some good things, but there were a lot of bad things. We talked about the picks. Kevin Harris, who I like. I'm a big Kevin Harris guy. I'm glad that we kept him over Pierre Strong. Mm -hmm. He's 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 slower, you know, way less agile, but I, he's he's just a sledgehammer, and um, mm -hmm. he just put the ball directly on the ground. So, or was it Farrell Brown? Did they both fumble? I can't remember. Uh, Farrell Brown did. He was one of the, like the third turnover at the beginning of the game. Yeah, I can't remember actually if Kevin Harris did fumble. I don't want to have Kevin Harris slander on the timeline for no reason. He did, he did not. not. He did not. All right, Skynet says he did not fumble. I apologize, Kevin Harris. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the Pharaoh Brown fumble. We were sort of – I mean, more so you, Andrew. You were high on Pharaoh Brown in the beginning of the year. Oh, he's, yeah, he's, even in, like, the middle or towards the end of the year because this this guy just – he was he was just a nobody, and he just came out of the seams and was playing mm -hmm. at a much higher receiver level than our other guys who had expectations. And he just had no expectations, and he – you know, fulfill them and more. We beat the Jets because of him, mm -hmm. you know? So 
I, I remember when that play happened, I was like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. Like I didn't even know who he was at, for a second there. And I looked at, I was like, Farrell Brown. I forgot they got him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That play there. I mean, it was just par for the course. What, what was going on in that game? You knew something like that was going to happen when they were trying, you know, the first pick, I don't think was a pick six. I think the second one was, 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 I think it? it was the third one. I think the third one was a pick six to Douglas. Did, did you notice, did you notice on that play that like nobody tried to tackle? I think it was Rasul yeah. Douglas. I think yeah. Devontae Parker was the only one who chased him down. And he ended up tackling him. He was on the other side of the field. And he freaking ran his ass off to, to, to go down and get him. And obviously it was too late, but. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, they showed Zappy afterwards. And when he threw it, he just like put his head down mm-hmm. in, his, in his like knees. And while he was doing that, Rasul Douglas was marching his way into the end zone. but. Uh, you mentioned Devontae Parker, and I think he was someone in the beginning of the year. I I shit on him so much. Like I think rightfully so. I think he was terrible for the like first half of the year. He's really had a solid few weeks now, making catches and you know actually trying a lot more evidently on the field. I think um, I've I've sort of changed. How I feel a little bit about him. Um, Wait, who, who are you talking about right now? Devontae Parker. Are you sure? You're, are, we, are we thinking about the same same guy right now? Yeah, he had a few good catches yesterday or last and week. One catch for 15 yards. It was a good 15-yard catch. <laughs> this guy, I hate Devontae Parker. I want them to get – he's got, just got to get a loss. Just, just cut him. I don't even care if we lose, like – $15 million on it or whatever. I just want him to just be gone and we'll just try some random new guy at that position because he, you know, I was, I, when, when we first got him, I was, I was, you know, it was a good move. We was just a, a guy who might work out and be a good receiver on our team. And he's slowly, slowly transitioned somehow into our supposedly number one to, to like, he's supposed to be like our top three guy. And he performs like a fifth or sixth best receiver on a team, and it's disgusting to watch. It's so bad. See, I, I'm a, I'm a guy that wants him back next year because I still oh, I still believe that he can be in that in that two three role. Like he's not a number one. I think we all knew that when he was traded to come here. I'm a little biased too because my son's name is Parker. So like I had an opportunity to like get his Jersey. Like it was a gift for Christmas. So it's got his name on the back. So I'm like, I'm biased towards him. Every time he makes a catch, I'm shouting out for my kid. Yeah. Parker, good catch, man. And and, and you're a little biased there, but like, I don't know. I think that he has shown some, some pretty low points this year. I think his effort on that, one of those interceptions and on the slant route against the bills wasn't, where it needed to be it was kind of a lazy route and it e- was easily undercut there was no fight there to get to to get it but i he he has shown flashes this year that he is that you know build 50 50 guy like when the ball's thrown up he's going to go up and get it but there are also times where he's hasn't shown like that same effort where it's like oh if he had made a little bit more of an effort on that play he's coming down with it because that's the kind of receiver he is so i'm not i'm not saying i want him in a big role but I still think he has some value in that position, if that makes sense. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna ask me to pick between somebody like Kendrick Bourne or Devontae Parker, I'm taking Kendrick Bourne ten out of yeah. ten times. But for performance yeah. on the field, that's yeah, we got to resign him. I, don't, I, don't, I wonder if with his knee injury. Wait, what? I wonder if with Kendrick's knee injury, if 
we even resign him. I hope we do because I love Kendrick Bourne. I think he's another guy. Like I know before we started recording, we were talking about Kyle Duggar, how on the defensive side of the ball, he's a character guy that you, Mm -hmm. you watch and notice that he brings a lot of energy. He's the type of guy that you want leading that unit. I think Kendrick Bourne is very much the same way on the offensive side of the ball. He gets people excited. He's always high energy. He's making splash plays. I, I think a guy like that is someone you want to have around your locker room and with the guys, making them compete better and, you know, keeping the morale up and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But if he's not the same physically, I feel like that's a it's going to be a, a tough sell. Yeah. But we might be able to get him for a, a discounted rate. It's kind of messed up to say that, but it is true. And um, I, I'm still on the boat of, of getting rid of Devontae Parker. Can you guys guess out of the 12 games that he's played in this season, how many times he's gotten over 20 yards? Three. I mean, he's, that's he's, a good guess. That's a good guess. I would have gone three, yeah. Well, that's scary that you guys say three. <laughs> you think he's only gone over 20 Whoa. yards in three games? Who, who's throwing to him? The number is six. Out of no, double. That's games. way better. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Not, no, you guys shouldn't be proud of that. That's All right, bring we're, him back. Bring him back. 20 yards. We're, like, we're, we're talking, talking 20 yards here. Andrew, that's like half of you from one edge of your room to the other, other edge of Michael's room. Like that. That's probably 10 yards. Imagine doubling that. That's that's how the distance that Devontae Parker has gone in six professional football games this year. <laughs> or maybe what? maybe this is a better example. Berg, you from your computer to the edge of that room behind you, that's probably around like 10, 15 yards. We're we're looking at yeah. six Devontae Parker games yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if if you have if you have Douglas Parker and Bourne back and you bring in that number one. Marvin I'm very, fine. Yeah, fine. Love it. I, I think I'd want something else if it's a rookie. But I'm talking if you bring in like an elite receiver that might be available. I'm I don't know the list off the top of my head, but if you get somebody, even if it's somebody like an Amari Cooper, somebody somebody of that like that nature, and you put them in there, I I like that wide receiver. Punt Jalen Rieger to the moon, punt Juju Smith Schuster <laughs> out of here, like Tyquan Thornton. Take a hike, like all these guys that are, you know, bust. If they want to, you want to tell me Tyquan Thornton could be an effective punt returner and you want to keep him for that role because he's so fast. Fine. Save Douglas from going back there and getting hurt returning punts. But like you get in that, that number one stud receiver, and it could very well be Marvin Harrison Jr. He may, he's a generational talent, in my opinion. He could plug right into an, you know, an effective offense. I don't think he's going to change this offense because they don't have a quarterback and they have a lot of problems, but that's what, that's what I would be very happy with the receipt. I was happy with the receiving core going into the season. Like at the beginning of the season, I'm like, they're going to be all right. Like it's not the best. It's not the worst. It's effective. It'll work. I was wrong. Very wrong about that. I mean, <laughs> these guys can't, couldn't get open, couldn't beat cover coverage, couldn't separate and Mac Jones couldn't throw him the ball. So there was all that to go into the whole thing. But again, you add somebody like that in there with those three guys with boot, with booty, maybe getting out of the doghouse to do something. Yeah. I, I will say, um, I, I, I'm out on Juju. We've, I, I've been, even when he was on the chiefs, I called him doo-doo shit poopster. I've been out on him for (laughs) a long time. I don't like him. Um, we have, I mean, Douglas is a stud. I think we can all agree on that. He is, 
going to be a staple in this offense moving forward for however long we can keep him on the field. Uh, Taekwon, I don't like him, but he is on the rookie deal still. Kayshawn, same way, on the rookie deal. We don't have to pay him. I know in free agency this year, Kendrick Bourne is one of the guys, but you also have a guy like T. Higgins, who I would be really in on, some, like trying to go out and make an offer to. Um, we, we did a full list. We have a lot of guys. I don't have it up right now, but there are like Amari Cooper, like you mentioned. There are some guys on the list that are proven contributors on good teams in the NFL that I would love to just kick the tires on, assuming we don't go out and, and draft, you know, a Marvin Harrison Jr. or trade back and get like a Malik Neighbors or someone like yeah. that, a Dunze or something, you know, a guy, a high-level guy. But just improving the group is paramount. It is, it is vital for this season, especially because it's not just our wide receivers. It's our tight ends, too, who are also going to be free agents this year. So that entire receiving – anyone who's going to be catching the ball on our team is is going to need a thorough uh, – and, and that, that entire group this year is, is going to be completely rebuilt. And I don't know, maybe Henry will come back. Maybe Gasicki will come back. I hope we get at least one of them. I don't know if we need both, um, but especially how productive they've been. Um, but sort of random fun, not fun fact, but um, random fact for you guys. Um, did you guys know that Amir Speed, um, the draft pick on the, the cornerback who was drafted by the Patriots this year, is now back and he is on the Colts roster? Let's go. Shout out Amir. Yeah, I thought he got like didn't he get like? Oh yeah! Oh my god! Yeah. Field, he got he got an ambulance to come off the field. I forgot it was about horrible. that. Horrible! Like they it, they canceled the preseason game over it, but he's oh that's right. Yeah, I told, I thought you were just saying that for no reason. No, <laughs> that's crazy. No, yeah, he's back. He he's he's on the Colts. Let's go! Shout out to actually genuinely shout out to him yeah. right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Well, I thought his career was over. <laughs> right, yeah. Right yeah. Um, well, okay. I pulled up a list of free agents. And uh, could you – so you guys just – I'm going to read off a few names. Just tell me if you'd be in or out on these guys. I'm going to say like five guys. All right. Ready? You want fries with that? <laughs> All right. Mike Evans. In. In. Very in. Very in. He'd be out. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. I would love to have Mike Evans. Um, I I would find it hard to believe that Tampa would let him go, but also they didn't restructure his deal during the season, and he sort of like cut them off. He's like, all right, I'm going to deal with this at the end of the season if you don't want to give me my money. So the door might be open a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, T. Higgins. And – uh, now this is someone who we've said feels like a patriot. Uh, KJ Osborne out, but we will probably sign him. <laughs> yeah. And if the dollars are in, if the dollars are right, I ain't committing number one money to that dude. No way. Fair. I feel like this guy he also lost one of our friends, the fantasy championship. He needed two points last week and our friend would have yeah, won. Yeah. Yeah. Got a big old goose catch. Um, I feel like this guy also seems like a Patriot, Curtis Samuel. They were in on him a few years ago. Yeah. 
what has he even done? What has he done down in, in Washington? I haven't even well, like. Yeah, his um, he's just kind of like catches, sixty catches for about six hundred yards and four touchdowns. Better than anything we got. Patriots yeah. wide receiver. He'd be our number one guy with that stat line. I wanted him the the year that they were doing their big signings and all that. I wanted him over Aguilar, and for good reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Coincidentally, Aguilar is also another free agent. I'm not going to mention him. No. But, uh, <laughs> last guy who, again, like Curtis Samuel, had some buzz surrounding the Patriots, Odell Beckham Jr. Out. Yeah, I'm out. He's going to want a, a lot of money to do almost nothing. So, what is yeah. he? Do you, do you have the stats for him this year? On, I, I do. Yes. Uh, uh, 35 catches, 565 yards, and three touchdowns. Okay. There, there are a few guys on the list that are better than some of the guys I mentioned. Like Michael Pittman Jr. is going to uh, be on him. In on him. Yeah. I'd be in, but I don't think the Colts let him go at all. Um, Calvin Ridley is technically a free agent, but I i mean, the Jags just traded for him. I don't think yeah. they let him go. Uh, Tyler Boyd and Gabe Davis. I feel like the Bengals will keep one or the other between Higgins and Boyd. They won't be able to keep Higgins, I don't think. I yeah, think he's it's going to be Boyd. Yeah, they got to prepare for the Jamar Chase contract, mm-hmm. too. And yeah, but they're, they're they're Burrow are, yet, or are they getting yeah. close? Yeah, I think his I think his contract kicks in next year. Okay. Yeah, Jamar. I mean, you're gonna have to pay. You're gonna have to bring the Brinks truck for that guy, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. I think even with Jake Browning for the last however many weeks, I think Jamar is sitting at like over 1,200 yards still, which is absurd. It's crazy. That's crazy, and he was hurt too. I think. I think uh, he got hurt too. He did, and Joe Burrow was hurt in the beginning. Like with just the the most inopportune lineup, he's still one of the better guys in the NFL, productivity wise, at least. Oh yeah, absolutely. I yeah, think so, uh, I'd I'd keep Chase over Higgins if I had the choice, but you can't keep both of them away. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that, um, but. I think there are, there are ways to navigate this if you're the Patriots um, signing one of these. It, me and Andrew have said this since, like, I think we looked at the free agency tracker maybe, like, week eight, and we were, we got to K.J. Osborne, and we're like, he's going to wear, like, number 18 or something. When Slater's gone, he's going to take that number. Oh, here's a question. Will the Patriots retire Matthew Slater's number? Nah. I don't think In so. time pro bowler, five time all pro, at least a three or four Super Bowl champion. Like, like he he's a, been a captain on this team for years. He might not have the brand to to go with what you would expect a, a retiree of a jersey to 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 be. Like, I think Gronk might have his number retired. I think he no. Ben Coates wore that number too, and he was. Gronk before Ben, uh, before Gronk for the Patriots, he was like, I, I was actually having that thought like yesterday, two I, or three days ago. I, I think that like it's the same thing goes for like number 11, like Edelman, like playoff beast for this team through their dynasty run. But like Drew Bledsoe wore the number and he pretty much saved the franchise when they drafted him. Like the franchise yeah. was awful when before he came and had he not got hurt, who knows? What what would have happened? 
and it's tough. I don't, I, they don't, they don't have many retired numbers when you think about it. Like they have John Hanna's number retired. Um, I don't know who else. I'm going to Google see. it. Yeah, Tino Capaletti. Tino Capaletti's one. Mike uh, Haynes. Mike Haynes. Didn't Ty Law get his jersey retired? Bruce Armstrong. They don't retire numbers. They put him in the Hall of Fame, in the Patriots Hall of Fame. Like they'll yeah, be in the yeah. Patriots Hall of Fame. But in terms of the numbers, I think they reserve it for like the greats at the position, like real, like generational yeah, like, players. Like Revis and Gilmore got 24. Mm hmm. Those are big players. I mean, Bruce Armstrong was the left tackle. He too bad he retired when he did. Like he just missed like a Super Bowl. Like he retired like the year before they won the first Super Bowl. So obviously 12's getting retired. No one's ever wearing that jersey again. Like that's that's the kind of thing. I mean, if Gronk had been around, I mean, Gronk was hurt a lot too. Like you can't people forget that. Like when he was healthy, he was like all godly. Like he was the yeah, he uncover was a, uncoverable was player. But he got hurt a lot. Saying he just he just he's throwing people around in the secondary, throwing them out of the club. Yeah. <laughs> Sergio yeah. Brown with the Colts. I was gonna say shout out Sergio Brown. <laughs> I miss Gronk. I and we were talking about the tight ends earlier, and I people rightfully so have been very critical of the offense at all. But I I don't think enough people have gotten on Gasicki at all. Because when he was in Miami, he was a very capable receiving tight end. Mm-hmm. And he really has not done a, like anything. Yeah. At all. For the he can't block put himself into a proof. Like he he didn't really have the best season last year and he left and he went to the Pats. And this was supposed to be his prove it year for a contract. And he has proven that he is not a great receiving tight end. And like it's also to- proven that he's got a really cringy gritty too. So I mean, kind of. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I didn't I think it, was, it was electric when him and Mac Jones were doing it together, but by yourself, you know, you you, you got to be more calculated with it. I, I don't know. If if you had to guess how many yards and touchdowns Mike Kosicki has this season, I bet you he has three hundred. No, I bet you he has like two hundred eighty yards and two touchdowns. I was gonna go two fifty and one. That's crazy, Andrew. He has 200. Oh, wait, never mind. Berg, you were closer. 239 and two. He's oh, like, he's, a, he's a never been involved. And it's only been like a game or two where he's actually like stood out when you kind of notice him. Yeah. yeah. I actually you wonder what Brian Brown the beginning of the season showing Gronk and Hernandez highlights to Henry and Gesicki. And he's like, this is going to be you guys this year. Yeah. Farrell Brown nice. has 29 less yards than Mike Kosicki. Yeah, that, that like Farrell Brown came out of the woodwork and he's just been much better than Gesicki this year. I would bring back Farrell Brown. Why not? We'll get him for absolutely nothing. He's played better than Gesicki. He's also 30, though. Yeah, that's a good point. I've, I felt pretty good about Hunter Henry. Like the numbers don't really like show it, like yards wise, but like. He had 42 catches in a bad offense, scored six touchdowns, 419 yards. I mean, that's not great, but I mean, given the where the offense has been this year, I mean, that's I want to say I think he's the leading receiver. Him or Pop Douglas has got to be the leading receiver on the team. Like they just it's hard to kind of evaluate some of these guys because the 
quarterback play has been so awful. And it's like, how much is it on them? How much is it on the, on the, um, you know, receivers, tight ends? I think Hunter Henry has been by far their most consistent guy. Um, maybe Kendrick Bourne and Douglas, you know, Kendrick Bourne before he got hurt. Like, but yeah, Pop Douglas was number one and Hunter Henry was number two. Yeah. I think Douglas has like five and some change for yardage this yeah, season. Right. Which is pretty, like, considering how long they kept him on the bench for in the beginning of the year, that's that's not bad. And I think with the ball in his hands, too, we even saw this past game when he took it across the field after the catch and juked out like three different people. Yeah. He's electric. He's so good with the ball in his hands. I don't want him to return any more kicks, like you were saying. It's just so scary. But yeah, we got to get Marcus Jones is going to get healthy. And he's gonna yeah, yeah, that's actually very true. Yeah, who says I, Bill Belichick can't draft wide receivers? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look it's at number twenty-five out there. <laughs> I I forgot about Marcus Jones being hurt. That's crazy. Another guy who at the start of next year will just be like a shot of adrenaline to like Patriots fans everywhere. Him, That's a thing. Like the page people forget like the amount of injuries that the Patriots had in their quarterback position and they're still playing the defense that they're playing. Yeah. Like getting Gonzalez back. Like he was, yeah. he looked like a, a, he was rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. I agree completely. Back. Yeah. Like he was, he was just, he, he kind of clamped Tyree kill. And, he did, yeah. And you, you got a pick against him, and he's he was playing great football. Yeah, but so unfortunately, he, a little like uh, dude, that was such a meltdown against the Cowboys. I remember going uh, that game thinking we're gonna beat the Cowboys, it's gonna be great. Dak Prescott sucks, just wrong. Yeah. I couldn't have been more wrong about what was yeah. gonna happen to that game. That was that I've always been a like a a Dak non-believer. I still kind of am, although it's harder to maintain that stance because he's having a crazy year. But I, I was right there with you. I'm like, we're going to show him, like, Dak's a dork. We're going to beat the hell out of the Cowboys. And then it was just our season was over by, like, the second quarter. You thought, you thought like, that was a low point for the season. I'm like, this is the low point. Like, they're going to rebound, you know, the next game. And I think, what's this, was the next game the Saints? The Saints yeah. They got blown out at home. It was even worse. Was it that was game. so much worse. Oh, I was at sucks. the game versus the Saints, and I remember thinking, like, all right, the exact same thing. Like, that was bad, but. You know, this is the Saints. We can still beat the Saints. And then we got smoking at the Saints. We gave up, like me and my friend, we just gave up at halftime. We were just kind of shooting the shit and drinking and just watching the fucking madness incur on the field. But week after, still, I had hope playing the Raiders. The Raiders mm-hmm. suck. Fucking horrible game against that. Mac fucking had that iconic, horrible interception, mm-hmm. missing the wide open um, Hunter Henry on the sideline. And then we get into the Germany games, and, and you know it's it's been a it's been a chaotic season. Those are really dark times. I thought I thought when they beat the Bills, dark, dark. I was like, okay, there's a chance this might actually like turn around. What I want to ask you guys: what the hell happened going into that Cowboys game that just derailed everything? Because the first three weeks of the season, yeah, they lost to the Eagles, they lost to the Dolphins, and they beat the Jets. They were yeah, one they and were, two, were but they loss. were competitive. They were yeah. in those games. And it wasn't yeah. it, if it wasn't for like the awful like first quarter, first quarter and a half of those games, like they 
beat those teams. And I mean, looking now in hindsight, looking at what the Eagles are right now, I mean, it's kind of explains why they were able to be in it, but that was the runners up for the Super Bowl in week one, the Brady game when Brady was there, everybody thought that the Patriots were going to get destroyed in that game. And Brady was going to be the highlight. And it, it wasn't like, I think it came down to like the last possession and, I just I don't I, what happened going into that Cowboys game where every, all of a sudden like the wheels fell off like something must have happened yeah. internally that just... I remember I remember um, thinking after we had beaten the Jets I just felt gross after that win because we almost lost it at the end like I felt mm-hmm. better about our two losses versus the Eagles and the Dolphins than I did Same against here. That, that Jets win mm-hmm. and like. I'm thinking like that's that's a that's a good Jets defense no matter sort of how you slice it and I'm thinking something must have been revealed about our offense. Bill Bill O'Brien must have gotten out schemed or out maneuvered in that way somehow and Mike McCarthy is just looking at the fucking the the notes to the game and just like oh let's just do this 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 and we had injuries you know our our captains sort of just then like Gonzalez getting hurt in the first half um and like it was definitely like a momentum shifter, especially because the play after he got hurt, CD Lamb gets a touchdown, and after that, it kind of the rest was history. You know, Mac Jones throwing picks, things are going well, and the cherry on top is Judon. Yeah, just what did he tore it tore his bicep right? Mm-hmm. So because at that point, you knew it was over for the most part. It, you had a really good feeling about it. Yeah, it it was crazy too because I feel like all the injuries happened so fast, like. Um, Gonzalez with the shoulder, Judon with the bicep. I can't remember Marcus Jones. Was it, was it his knee? I was it his knee? Oh, I think it was a shoulder. I think it was the same thing that happened to Gonzalez. I think yeah. it was the same thing. Uh, shoulder for Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, crime, and he just you know everything was just collapsing right in front of you. And also, Jack Jones is such like if he if he was like liked committing felonies less, he would be so good at football. The plays that he made, like back-to-back weeks on the Raiders after we let him go, were insane. Oh, he seems like him. a real crappy person, though. Like he does. I, I, I got really upset. Like I, it really irked me the way he like went to hand the ball to the fan, to the little kid, and is like, "Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not giving it to you." I was like, "Dude, really? You're gonna yeah, be like that, with Eddie? Yeah. Like, dude, like come I will on, say, man. at least he's like embracing it, you know? Yeah, like, he is. He's a villain, <laughs> which." Like the Raiders are probably the worst place for him because that's just like a, like, I, I don't know. I guess this, the stereotype in my mind is just like a degenerate gambler. Who's just there for a good weekend <laughs> and wants to go fucking crazy at a Raiders game, you know? Yeah. That's I guess it makes sense that they're, they're the team that went to Vegas. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I think that Cowboys game, like Andrew was saying, you could kind of feel the vibe in the Jets game. Like, okay, something's a little different here. The O'Brien shout out, like maybe they learned something about us the rest of the league after that game, I think is a really uh, good perspective to have. I think that might be true. Maybe Stefan Gilmore gave a rousing speech to the Cowboys at halftime. <laughs> Who knows? Um, somehow I doubt that, but <laughs> – yeah. Yeah, I don't know. After that game, everything was everything was downhill. Maybe maybe everybody saw the limitations of Mac Jones and where he was at going into that Cowboys game. That and then Dan Quinn down there in Dallas figured it out and was like, yeah. This guy sucks. We're gonna destroy him. 
Yeah. Berg, what do you think about this? I, like, there, there's been this – like, no one's really been talking about this season how um, – I, th- I feel like the narrative going into this season was um, Matt Patricia was the problem with this offense. He is a defensive coordinator, play, like, calling the plays, you know, and somehow we were able to win more games with Matt Patricia than we were – than getting, like, an actual offensive coordinator with Bill O'Brien. Like, and no one's even – the, the idea of getting real Bill, Bill O'Brien hasn't even come up at all. Everyone's thinking, like, Bill Belichick, cut him off. And some crazy people enough are thinking, make Bill O'Brien the coach. Like, I, I to me, that's just insane. If we were to get rid of um, Belichick, O'Brien is the last person I want in charge of everything, especially what he did to have the Texans just collapse under him. Like, like what, what, what do you think about Bill O'Brien and his, his performance this year? Well, I think it takes time when you need to come in and you know you're with you're with a new team. It takes time to adjust to the people that you're with. I know Bill is Bill Bryan had um relationships with Mac Jones from his Alabama days. So they kind of knew each other. I want to know like I'd be curious to know what like Bill O'Brien's opinion of Mac was going into the the, the season, you know, from his prior experiences, but uh, he's definitely shouldn't be getting off scot free without blame here i mean it's his unit he has full control of you know the play calling and you know who goes out on the field and stuff but i think the more interesting thing to think about here is how bad mac jones has been wondering if he was actually a bill belichick pick i don't believe he was i think Kraft forced the hand and wanted him picked for this team back in the 2021 draft i think bill basically was told by robert draft mac jones you have to do it and some evidence that points to that. Look at how the team has played with Bailey Zappi, not just this year with Bill O'Brien, but even in the time last year with Matt Patricia, how different the offense looked and how much better and more, I don't want to say more efficient because that's they're still not efficient with, with Zappi, but they look better and they look more competent when Zappi's playing. And Zappi, in my opinion, he's, he got cut at the beginning of the year. Like he's not anything special. Like he's no more than maybe a backup in this league. Like he, proving it playing now like he's had some showed some sparks but at the end of the day he still has deficiencies that who knows if they can be corrected at this level so i think it's i think i would put again i'm a big bill stan i will go down with the ship with him i've i said the same thing with brady if brady ended up sucking at the end like i don't care if they go 0 and 16 bill and brady finish here in new england i still feel that way about belichick i want him to finish his career here no matter how bad they are but i can't help but think that the ineptitude of the offense this year is more so on Mac Jones. And by the time they actually decided to say, all right, get him out. It was too late to save anything. You know, you're too late in the season to really make any changes, but you look at the difference between Mac and Zappy playing in the pocket. Like Zappy actually has pocket presence. He can avoid the rush. He can get out of the pocket and make plays. He can get out of the pocket and throw it. Yeah. Some of the throws are awful when he ends up throwing a pick on it, but at least he's taking those shots. Mac behind this offensive line would just simply turtle. Like he just go down. Yeah, he crumbles. And I think that is more to say than anything to do with the coaching. Again, I'm not trying to give like no blame to the coaches because they absolutely there's problems there. There needs to be changes. Yeah, I'm willing to give Bill another year, O'Brien another year with somebody else to see what they can do. Somebody who's more NFL ready, we'll say. Yeah, I was uh, I was just looking it up. The Patriots have now officially 
solidified themselves as the lowest scoring offense uh, in, in terms of points per games. Any guess? Any guess on the number? Uh, Thirteen. I was gonna say, yeah, like 14, 15. 14. point six. Yeah. Oh. So, so does, that, does that account for the offense and the special teams points and everything, or is that just the offensive statistics on that? I feel it's not that it would make the, much of a difference, but it's under the <laughs> offensive yeah. section, so I assume it's just yeah. offense. Okay. Um, mm. Awful. Not good. So just just a hair over, you know, two touchdowns, and uh, I'm no mathematician. But I don't. I don't feel like that's a whole lot, you know. I feel like most teams will be able to get more than that in a game, especially if you're yeah. giving them the ball a lot. All you gotta um, do is score first. <laughs> that's all they gotta do is score first. Yeah. The teammate coming back. <laughs> yeah. If if you score one point, like if if they're gonna safety on on our first drive, it's over. It's like an insurmountable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. But um, yeah, I think good news. Silver lining is. I don't. I really hope it does. It can't get any worse than that next year, um, especially if you know, like you were saying, Berg, some some competent play from the quarterback position. But you know, it's it's all all to be seen. We have one more game to see if we can uh, lose, take any more good things away from this season, you know. And then after that, we get the sweet release of of the off season, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you don't need to, to watch. Who knows? Who knows? When you guys record your next episode, you might have some big nuggets to be talking about if they end up deciding to move on from Bill. I've been eyeing it for the for the breaking the plane podcast. I'm like, we record on that Tuesday. We may have some news on Bill at least one way or the other. I mean, they may come out and commit to him. They may decide to move mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. or it could drag out because they want to get a trade for it. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, there. Without a doubt, will be some news. So we'll talk about it. I'm sure we'll all have opinions on it. But um, until then, all we can do is speculate. You know? I'm ready to be done speculating. I'm not going to lie. I'm sick of the anticipation. I'm like, I just want to move on. I'm so done with this year. I'm so done. I'm, yeah, I'm about, I'm about ready to go. I think this is the yeah. only year where I have watched more hours of other teams play football than the Patriots play football. I watched showing like showing your age team. there, spoiled. Yeah, I know. I've seen the hi- I watched the highlights of like every other team's games except for the <laughs> Patriots because I'm like I don't want to do that again. Yeah, it's you just know? painful watching picks and then good defensive play. Like Johnny Tavai, he's, he's been great. He's a high energy guy. We should get more guys like that. Guys that just go for the liver. You know, <laughs> like Liver King would love that. Um, <laughs> did you guys know? Um, fun fact for you that the liver <laughs> isn't always the best spot to go for the most nu- nutrition. Liver King has you thinking the wrong way. In fact, if you were to eat a polar bear's liver, it would kill you. It's got way too much vitamin A and it would actually like it would incapacitate you. So we need you know, we need more primals on this team. We need more fun, fun at like, you know, we need high energy people. That's crazy that you waited until this an hour and twenty minutes in to give your fun facts of the day. I kind of forgot. What's even crazier though? What's even crazier is that uh, a jet aircraft flies much faster at higher altitudes 
as high as 33,000 to 49,000 feet than a propeller powered aircraft. So jets. I could have told you that. I could have told you that. (laughs) Well, maybe Berg, that explains if the jets are better in higher altitudes, why they've beaten the Denver Broncos the last two times (laughs) they've played at mile high. I don't know. Throwing aviation facts out here to an aviation manager. (laughs) (laughs) I've sat through every minute of Patriots football this year. I have, I'm a glutton for punishment. I've watched every minute of every game. Not every minute. I've, I've at least watched or listened to it. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. It's been one of the worst years to watch. <laughs> Even for me. Even for me. As a young kid, I didn't care. I started watching other games. I was like, whatever. But Even the, the year without Brady when they went 11-5 and five when everybody thought they were going to suck. Like I didn't even really want to watch. I was so distraught when Brady got hurt. I was so sad. And I still watched. Yeah, it must have been devastating just to see. Wasn't that all like on the one of the first plays of the game? Or like the first game, first drive, like, first drive of the first game. Yep. Like Terry gone. Probably the best year in the perspective of the Castle family made them millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> there yeah. was debates whether they were going to trade Brady. Believe it or not, there were debates. Oh, yeah. this guy played so good, we could move on with him, save money. That was never going to happen. My my question for you guys, which mm. which team that you guys have watched was your favorite? Which year? 2016. Yeah. Yeah, I well the thing about about that team for me was I was really really getting into like the history of football outside of the Patriots right around that time. Like I was just getting into high school um and I was like, I, every day I would watch NFL Network for like at least, you know, four hours. When I, like yeah. before school, after school, I'd watch NFL Network. I'd go home, I'd YouTube all the videos. I'd go throw old DVDs and watch all the old like Super Bowl uh, documentaries, whatever. And so I had a better appreciation and understanding for players outside of the Pats. So when we got Revis, I knew he was like an all-time great corner. I'm like, well, this is sick. And then we got Brandon Browner, and he was so physical. Mm-hmm. And it was it was amazing to see. Even though he got like four penalties a game, I didn't even care. Uh, and Gronk was – that was, I think, his peak. You know, he, he played the whole playoffs. He was mm-hmm. incredible in the Super Bowl. Brady I, think you're ta- Super Bowl. I think you're talking about 2014 there. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but – it, that that year for me was was the best because I was just it was like the perfect like segue back into what felt like the dyn- like the my dynasty you know mm-hmm. like the second half mm-hmm. that it felt like that was my you know like welcome to greatness year yeah I I I, I agree I think I yeah I, I think you mentioned 2016 but I'm I'm thinking more 2014 um, I have a distinct memory in my mind. Um, of like a particular moment. It was the the Sunday before the Super Bowl against the Seahawks. It's media day. Um, there's a snowstorm going on in my house. I'm sitting in, in, like right next to the fireplace playing Madden Mobile and just watching the press conference happen, watching Marshawn Lynch, you know, be hilarious. And ch- it was just that 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 Super Bowl too, that Malcolm Butler moment really got me hooked because 
I had grown up playing football my whole life. We, we had a great football team. You know, we, we had sort of grown up in the Patriots dynasty, but like, we're, we're like, like pretty young by the time they've won three Super Bowls. We just know in our brains that they've won three Super Bowls, but don't, right. we don't really know the story behind everything going on. So as Andrew was saying, that was the beginning of our dynasty. And, um, I don't know. I just remember when Malcolm Butler had made that interception and we we just secured the game, secured the win, me and my family just all jumping up in unison, mm-hmm. just hugging each other, going crazy, screaming. Like, it was just a spectacular moment for me. Mm-hmm. And um, in the years to come, us just being stacked and just having that expectation every year that, you know, Super Bowl or bust, it's just – it's such an unvin- like uh, un- un- unvincible feeling. You know, you mm-hmm. just – you just knew you were going to, your team was going to win every game and they were going to do some, they were going to make some crazy plays while they, while they did it. Like um, Brady, Gronk and Edelman, when they were all healthy in playoff games, they only lost one game. It was just watching dominance. Yeah, absolutely. Year after year. It was incredible. I think uh, like Andrew to what you were saying, my dad used to have a a, a bar and um, I remember being there for the Super Bowl. And it was deadly silent um, on the last play of, of the game when Wilson dropped back. And I remember when he threw it, there was one voice. Everyone was packed like sardines. And when he threw it, there was one voice. I, I don't know who said it, but they were like, pick. And then he picked it off and everybody went crazy. Like <laughs> beer everywhere up in the air. Yeah. was jumping up and down. It was, oh, it was such a special moment. I, I, I agree with you guys. Like as someone who watched – all six of them. That was the first one that occurred when I was like an adult. So I was, mm. you know, working and everything. And I watched every game that year. That roller coaster of emotions from that last drive where Malcolm Butler almost breaks up the pass. Who I think it was Chris Matthews and he ends up catching it. And then he makes the tackle. It's like, you, yeah, you, all of a sudden, like, here we go again. Like I'm watching David Tyree happen all over again, watching the perfect season go away. Mario Manningham making that catch on the sidelines against the Giants. And it had been 10 years since I had seen them win. They had gotten close. They had been to two, and they had lost both of them in pretty heartbreaking fashion. And seeing that interception, dude, like you guys said, dude, the emotion of just jumping up. I was at, like, one of my buddies' house. We were all, like, you know, drinking, doing that whole fun thing. And, dude, like, I got, like, we were celebrating so hard. Like, I got, like, decked in the face. I got punched. My buddy <laughs> went to, like, hug me, and he just came right across my my freaking <laughs> jaw and nailed me but didn't care like we were just so freaking happy that we finally finally got over that hump you know that 07 team was probably my favorite because like i'm a huge randy moss i was a huge yeah. randy moss still am and the, when they got him i'm like oh this is going to be a great year and then it, it was and then of course like i i worked at a retail store a sporting goods store at the time when i was in college that was when i was in college and I actually got to see like the merchandise, like they had it ready. Like I saw like the 19 and 0, like, and that was like, yeah, I should have known at that point. Like I'm a very superstitious person. I should have known at that point. Like I'm never gonna, those are all going to Africa, Mm -hmm. like never going to see those things. But yeah, that roller coaster of emotions was great. 2016, I mean, 2001 will always hold a special place in my heart because it was like the first one. Even my parents, like watching that one with my family, I was in middle school and seeing those, them actually win it was incredible watching it like with my dad and stuff but 2016 that comeback dude i was sitting there with my we were at a buddy's house again and like it was halftime and like i was there with my now wife and she's like oh i'm so excited to watch lady gaga at the halftime show and i'm like like 
<laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, I'm, I'm like pissed off. I'm so angry. Like, all the guys there are all like, what the heck? And like, I think it was like the third quarter, right when they started coming back. Like, my my wife and my buddy's girlfriend at the time, they went walked to the store down the road to get us all more beer because we're like, we need it. We, we're gonna be, we're gonna be going all night. And by the time they got back, they started winning. We almost didn't let them back in the house. And yeah. Like, Dude, don't come back in the house. And we're like, okay, you can come back in because it's freaking freezing out sit on the stairs and they sat on the stairs and watched the game from the you, stairs. You know what the game. Is, is crazy. So that year also was, was unbelievable for us. We all watched it in the room. Andrew's in right now. Actually, we all, all of our uh, friends watched it in his basement. And uh, one of our friends, when we started the comeback, we were doing like superstitions the whole time to try and make something happen. And when we finally started coming back, we're like, all right, we have to keep doing this. Yep. And one of them was that our friend, his head was in the couch. So we made him stay like that for the whole game. He didn't. He didn't see like any yeah. of it. But he did it. He meanwhile, did it. while his yeah. head is in the couch, we we just started saying random things, and they started working. Like whenever we were on offense, and we were like Zumba, Zumba, <laughs> like something good, good would happen, and we just make a play, and then we switch to defense. And we just start screaming, Bundy him, Bundy him. And yeah. like, like uh, Dante Hightower gets a strip sack and we get the ball back oh. and we're freaking out. It was just, you yeah. know, all, all the while Tino's head is just in, in this couch cushion, actually. Absolute <laughs> champ of a friend right there. Following through. Yeah, honestly, Absolute yeah. champ. So uh, questions tangentially related to that. Do you think if you hadn't seen the 19-0 shirts that we would have won that game? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell myself that. I always tell myself. Damn. I watched that game with all Giants fans. It was all my friends were from New York. Oh, why know? would you do that? As oh. soon as as soon as they like scored the touchdown, and the game was over, dude. I was freaking out the door. I was there mm. with like one other Patriots fan. And we were both like, "I'm out of here." These guys are going crazy. There is before I was like 21, so I wasn't drinking at the time, and they're all hammered. I'm like, I gotta get out of here, dude. I'm gonna <laughs> lose my mind right now. They're gonna be razzing me for this for a while. I'm like, I gotta yeah. get the hell out of here. Was 2007 was that Plaxico that ended it? Yep. Yeah. David yeah. Tyree catching that ball on his helmet and, you know, Richard Seymour and Vince Wolfork almost are uh, grasping freaking Eli and he gets out mm. of it on that throw and he chucks up a prayer and it catches like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. So that's, that was exactly the feeling I felt when Matthews caught that ball against Malcolm Butler. I'm like, here we go again. They mm -hmm. come on. Yeah. Luckily they changed the for they changed the fortunes and, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. I, I I mean I'm I'm a very lucky Patriots fan, you know. I we both are. We all are. We all yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's you know, it, it seems almost like universal retribution that we should have a year that is not you know, it, yeah. we we are getting the punishment I feel like we've earned, you know. That's why having... I can laugh about it. That's why I can laugh about it at this point. Yeah. It's like, exactly. Like, all right. like We've seen such an unprecedented level of success in a league during an era where it's supposed to be impossible, you know, mm -hmm. with, with the salary cap and everything. And I'm very, very fortunate to be able to witness all that. And um, like you said, Berg, that's why this is, you know, it's, it's manageable. You know, we've, you take the good with the bad. There's certainly been a lot of bad this year. Hopefully there's some more good next year and we'll be able to head towards those glory days once again, you know. Imagine being the Buffalo Bills. Hold strong through yeah. the turmoil and and 
keep keep the ship afloat, you know? Yeah, keep on keeping on. It all goes around, all comes and goes. As long as you don't end up being like the Lions, at least they're finally good now. But like you don't want to be like what they were and mm-hmm. be like Buffalo winning four going to four straight Super Bowls and losing all four of them. Oh my like, god. We we went to uh Buffalo to watch. We drove there. It was a seven and a half hour drive. We drove there to watch the playoff game. And um we were just getting absolutely like verbally assaulted, like every everywhere, like rightfully so. Like yeah, yeah it, was it was honestly so it was almost like refreshing. It was great to see like a negative atmosphere. Yeah, like, like they hated, they saw the jerseys yeah. and they're like, oh, this is this is different. And we didn't want to believe it. We're like, no, we're gonna win. We didn't, but yeah. I, we walked into a diner and we were just getting like every direction things were coming out here, and uh, someone uh, was. He was like, "You guys got no chance tonight." And I, and then I turned to him and I was like, "Oh, like the the Bills in the '90s." And it was just silent, like it shut down the whole. <laughs> you're brave, diner. you're brave. <laughs> I know. I, I we were walking to the scene. I'm, I got a little nervous. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> oh, but it turned out okay. Uh, they those fans and that team is like I have an undying hatred for that franchise. I had too many Bills yeah. fans that I went to school with that like, dude. We're talking like 2007, 2011 was when I was in college, dude, just running their fucking mouths. And I'm like, dude, you guys are nothing. Like, talk to me when you're good. You want to start running your mouth when you're good and we suck? Go for it. Then I have to take it. I have no no leg to stand on other than I can be like, oh, at least at least I uh my, my team finished the Super Bowl and actually Josh, won. Like, <laughs> like, dude, and it's it, dude, I I wish they're they're a team. I hope never wins a title. Like Detroit, I'll get behind them. Like they're my team this yeah. year. I'm rooting for them in the playoffs hard. Buffalo's a team I want to just the, the underachieve. Like you have no you have no idea the undying hatred I have for that franchise. <laughs> I've go yeah. I've gone there for work a few times and like people start yapping away and it's like, dude, you're not worth my time. Poverty, <laughs> poverty is what you are. Yeah, I um I lived with a Jets fan. Uh, two years ago, and um, you would have thought they signed like prime Reggie White when they got Carl Lawson. They were he, he looked at me, he's like, "This is gonna be the difference." I'm like, "No, it's not. <laughs> this is like, it's oh yeah." I actually so. feel bad for Jets fans. I feel bad for them. They're like cursed. This yeah, is supposed to be their year, and the first game, freaking Achilles pops for for Rogers, and it's all over. I like, will say the memes that we got of him like running the flag out, those yeah, were those yeah. were awesome. Yeah, those were great. I'll always yeah. be thankful for those. <laughs> absolutely. <least>. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think the Jets should just abandon ship and relocate. Just just make a whole new they, franchise. They somewhere. can't though. They're such like a I mean, they're an old franchise. I don't want to say they're a storage franchise, but like I, I think feel they're just like, a rusty barrel. It's been sitting in a storage room forever, and everyone wants to. They're, they're like, ah, oh, we should probably get rid of it, but everyone's like, yeah, it's been history. It's been around since the start, you know. So just, just get rid of it. It's trash. I, I don't I, know. I went to MetLife for a game. It was actually the 2014 year they won. It was, I think, it was one of Rex Ryan's last games as head coach, and the Patriots. Like, I don't know if they blew him out, but they beat him. But we we sat. My buddy and I, we were there, and we sat around a bunch of. Jets fans and they were actually like it was fun to talk to them because like they chirp us we chirp them back but it was never anything that got to a point where it's like all right dude like you need to shut up like it was like it was fun chirping back and forth and that's kind of like what I enjoy at games like you can chirp your fans and it doesn't get personal and nobody makes any like bad out you know out of context comments or anything like that it was actually enjoyable because I they knew they sucked but like mm-hmm. it was 
it was actually pretty cool. And that stadium's freaking huge. That stadium's yeah. huge. So I I will say in uh, in terms of the Jets. Um, their all-time leading passer, and this is nothing to take away from this guy because he's in the Hall of Fame. Joe Namath is still their all-time leading passer in both yards and touchdowns, and that's not a good thing for a guy who finished his career in 1976. Yeah. So, I don't know. They got to figure something out. That's what I don't want to be. I don't want to be the Jets chasing those high quarterback draft picks because they end up with Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson, and then they end up purgatory forever <laughs> yeah i in, in my heart of hearts i want to believe that that's an organizational problem like why they can't develop those guys but i don't know I, it, this is new territory for me so i've never i don't know it could be an everyone problem <laughs> who knows i don't know i'm yeah. scared But I, I do think the environment has has something to play with it too, and I think be, Foxborough being sort of forty minutes from Boston instead of like a, like a comparison for for Giants or for Met, MetLife at least being in um, New Jersey, fairly close to the largest city in the world. I think that uh, creates a lot of like media pressures that other franchises don't have to deal with, but. I don't know. I'm I'm really curious to see. I, I'm really excited for this Sunday against the Jets. You know, it's going to be scary if we beat them. It's going to be scary if we lose. Um, either way, it's going to be a very hectic week. Whether we keep Belichick, we move on from Belichick. There's a lot of things that can happen with this franchise, and it's just going to be the very beginning of a very chaotic offseason. And as a Patriots fan, I am excited and terrified at the same time. Oh, for sure. Oh, no other way to look at it. Like, you're looking at a completely clean sweep of the organization and completely starting anew. Like, that's what we're staring down right now. That's a possibility. Yeah, I think there are going to be a lot of changes coming. And um, I think we just got to take them head on and, and, uh, you know, stay the course. That's all we can do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here for the long haul. Here for the third dynasty. That's what what I'll say. The third wave. Yeah, that'd be something else, man. If they end up being able to turn it around and go on a run like that again, it'd be like you could middle fingers to every other NFL team if that happens. They would be. That would be. They would riot. We go out, sign Jameis, go on a run. (laughs) (laughs) He's our. Who says no? (laughs) He's our guy. That'd be something. That'd be something. You see a, a retread quarterback like that. They come in and, you know, if it's Bill and Bill actually figures it out with them and they end up going like, you know, 12 and five next yeah. year, or like 11 or 13 and four. Like, oh my God. I mean, hey, he got LASIK, so he could be back. He could be back. Who says no? Yeah. Do, do his little workout. His little workout. Yeah, video. Little <laughs> People throwing exercise balls at him. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, we got one more game left. We'll see how it goes. A lot of people want us to win. I know a lot of people probably want us to lose. It's out of our hands. All we can do is watch and, um, you know, buckle up for the off season. So, Berg, thank you a lot for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Thanks of course. It's a great time. Fun. And, we'll uh, again soon. and go Pats. Go Pats. Let's get the win. Let's get the win. That's baby. All right. See you all next time. Thank <laughs> you.